the Trump indictment, radical DAs, Chicago's new mayor, human immortality, getting better prices on the things you buy, and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 228 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and I'm back, which feeling good. Been a good week so far. The arrhythmia issues seem to come and go, which the question then becomes, is there a trigger? Is it random? Who knows? But The world is going to a whole different beat, just like my heart, I guess, as we have two major stories, the Trump indictment and the new Chicago mayor. Both, I think, tell a lot about where the country is going as a whole. Right up front for any audio nerds out there, including the great Bandrew Scott of the Bandrew Says podcast in the podcastage channel on YouTube. Going old school today. Pulled out the PR40 Heil microphone and given that a try once again. And the first thing I noticed, just as a quick audio side note, is the plosives on the PR40. Oh my goodness. A little bit harder to control. So I've got the big foam windscreen on the microphone and used a trick I saw Bandrew use not too long ago, where you pull that foam windscreen so it's not touching the microphone. You give it that little buffer. And that was about the only way to tame the plosives on this baby. So the RE20, way better for the plosives. I know the RE320, not so good. And the Shure SM7B, also not great. So really, if you like to talk close to the microphone, as I do, and you don't want plosives, I still find it hard not to recommend the Electro Voice RE20. But back to politics, because most people don't want a full hour of mic talk. Maybe some do. Let me know, Darren at RandomThoughts.com, or hit me up on Twitter or No Agenda Social. The Trump indictment says a lot, 34 felonies, and I do not believe even one is going to stick. I don't believe they're going to get any convictions, and this is playing out in the media the way one would expect it to, which seems to be everybody that is on the right politically who doesn't absolutely hate Donald Trump is saying, well, this is a travesty of justice. This is ridiculous. This is beyond the pale. Now, if you hate Donald Trump or if you're on the left, you're going, yay, we're finally getting this guy, but you're not. I guess this is very wily coyote and roadrunner. Did you folks that think that? that think, wow, we finally got Donald Trump. They're going to nail this guy. Have you not been watching? 
Did you not see four years of a presidency filled with impeachment after impeachment, Russian collusion, all of which was proven to be garbage? Do you not understand what's going on? The New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg believes he is above the fray. I find it to be kind of humorous that Alvin Bragg thinks he can go after a former president with little, if any case whatsoever. This is being done politically. Why? That's a good question. There's two different schools of thought on that. One would say that what Alvin Bragg and the Democrats have been trying to do for a long time is make it so Donald Trump cannot run. But even if Donald Trump is convicted of multiple felonies, he could still run. There's nothing that says, oh boy, you had a felony, you can't be president. No, it's not the law. The other side is an argument that says the Democrats are intentionally trying to reinforce Donald Trump. They're trying to bring him up. They are trying to make it a certainty that Donald Trump will get the Republican presidential nomination because they believe they can beat Donald Trump at the ballot box. We won't even go down the rabbit hole of whether the ballot box is fair, but they believe they can beat Donald Trump where they're not so sure about Ron DeSantis or maybe even somebody else that the Republicans could run. Now, that really would be, as my buddy Larry Blydner said to me on Monday on the show I do with him called Planet Rage, you would have to be giving the Democrats the benefit of the doubt that they're actually smart enough to play 4D chess, that they're intentionally trying to help Donald Trump while they're looking like they're going after Donald Trump because they believe they can beat Donald Trump. I'm not really sure what to believe here because this is such a total mess that it doesn't seem like anything a rational person would do. And Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York, believes he can go after a former president, but he does not believe that the federal government has any oversight or power over him, which I think is funny because this is definitely bringing the Republicans together and they were fractured. There's one thing that I've heard for the last four, six, eight years, maybe more. And that is, well, you know, the Democrats, I'll give them one thing. They stick together. They don't usually have a lot of infighting. They do what they're told to do. And that is where their power comes from. The same could not be said for the Republicans because they have minds of their own. And they will disagree. And the Democrats, not so much. Besides the mansions and cinemas of the world, most Democrats fell into line. The Republicans, not so much. But you're seeing now the Republicans falling into line. Even people that did not like Donald Trump a whole lot are going, no. This is not good for the country. This is not a legitimate thing. Going after him 
for crimes that are one, not felonies. Even Bill Barr said they're not going after the crime. They are not punishing somebody for a crime. They're punishing somebody, in, an individual. They're going after Donald Trump for being Donald Trump. And this concept that this rose to the level of a felony is laughable. And I believe we're going to see that when this whole thing plays out. Although I'm not saying I don't believe he's going to be convicted because it's in New York. So it's very possible in the state of New York, Donald Trump's going to be convicted on all 34 felonies, but it's going to hit the Supreme Court so quick, people's heads are going to spin and the Supreme Court's going to go, no. And if that's the case, this is when people start looking at Alvin Bragg. Just like the Stormy Daniels lawsuits, this isn't being covered a whole lot. I saw it on Bill O'Reilly. I saw it on offthepress.com. Stormy Daniels has been all ordered to pay Donald Trump's court costs and lawyer fees for the frivolous lawsuit that she brought against him. I think the latest was a hundred and something thousand, and I think there was already about five hundred thousand. So that has to be paid from Stormy Daniels to Donald Trump and his attorneys. Now, why is that? Because it was a frivolous lawsuit to begin with, and this is what the Alvin Bragg case is all based upon. The Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal case. I don't even understand the Stormy Daniels thing, why Trump would have been interested, but I digress. I mean, Karen McDougal, I get back in the day. But the reality of this situation appears to be that this is nothing but a political witch hunt. And Alvin Bragg is doing this because he got lots of money from the George Soros group. And he believes that he is invincible. He believes he's untouchable. Now, people said that about Donald Trump. But Alvin Bragg. Pretty much said, you know, there's nothing. I There is no federal oversight. And it was uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House now, that said, uh, no, sir, we believe you're wrong. So I would look for how this is going to play out. And at some point, I believe you may be seeing Alvin Bragg in front of a House committee answering some questions about this. And like everything else dealing with Donald Trump, the mainstream media is having a field day. And of course, they are not being accurate. They are not being truthful. Washington Post's Glenn Kessler posted on Twitter, quote, both Trump's sons have now posted photos of the judge's adult daughter. Totally irrelevant and obviously intended to intimidate, end quote. Now, here's the problem with this on two fronts. The first would be when he says it's irrelevant, it's not. It is the judge's adult daughter worked for the Kamala Harris for president campaign and has worked for the Biden administration. So I would think it's relevant where the judge in a case against a former president has a daughter that is an ardent leftist. We believe the judges as well. 
But the daughter, no doubt, had worked for Kamala Harris. Now, saying that, of course, it was intended to intimidate because he posted these Trump sons, both posted photos of this daughter. Also not true. And this is a guy who uses Twitter for his job, Glenn Kessler. The photos were what happens if you're on Twitter, you know this. But if you're not, because I'm sure a few people out there don't use Twitter, and you are probably the healthiest of all. But when you post a link, if you grab a link to a news story, say on the Washington Post, well, if there are photos in that story, Twitter's going to grab that to show, to grab people's attention along with the headline, because we all know that photos get more attention than text. So that's what's going to be grabbed. And what the Trump sons did in this case was share a link to a news story that had a photo of the judge's daughter. And I think it was with Kamala Harris, wearing a Kamala Harris shirt with somebody else, whatever it was. That's where the photos came from. And I don't think Glenn Kessler is that much of a moron, so he knew what he was doing. But he also knew that a vast majority of people that read the message, believe the message, never go and ask, did this really happen? Is this accurate? And that is an issue with the world that we live in right now is that people do not know what reality is. They do not go check any sources. So if somebody says something on Twitter, there is a large enough group that is going to believe it. And when you look further in to New York, Alvin Bragg and the district attorney office that he runs, Fox has an article which goes and brings up some statements that were made by the chief prosecutor in Alvin Bragg's office. Meg Rice is her name, bragging about letting violent criminals and felons off the hook, including a murderer, because she believes, Alvin Bragg believes in restorative justice. She said during a Peace Institute event back in May of 2021, quote, we know incarceration doesn't really solve any problems. Well, that to begin with should let us all know the mindset of the New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg. We know incarceration doesn't really solve any problems. Um, well, it, it takes the criminals off the street, ma'am. That is what it does. She said a man who was facing a manslaughter charge for killing another person during a violent altercation was able to leave without any prison time, calling it extraordinary. Quote, it was an incident between two people that knew each other very well, and it was sort of a fight that ended up with one person dying and the other person who was charged had substance misuse issues and other things. And going through the outcome in the case, it just seemed appropriate for restorative practice rather than a carceral sentence. So, yeah, we don't want to put people in jail for murdering somebody. We should work on their issues and make them better people. But no, we don't want to put them in jail. You understand why crime is running rampant 
in New York City, this is the district attorney. This is why. This is why violent criminals are roaming the street with impunity at this point because they know Alvin Bragg and his office there. If you got, you did a felony, you murdered somebody, they're going to try to do whatever they can to not incarcerate you. She also goes on to say, quote, so we're really trying to shift to restorative outcomes being the really default to the work that we do. So there's some things where that already happens for people that are charged with causing harm, actual violence, where they actually cause actual harm to another person. I don't understand why anybody would think this is a good idea. I do not understand it whatsoever. It's not just in New York. There was just a story that hit the wire of a now 21-year-old in Scotland who was 17 at the time and raped a 13-year-old girl multiple times. But because he hadn't been to prison or anything and he was young at the time, got 260 hours of community service. Now, I don't know how you feel if that's your daughter. I didn't really understand the story because the BBC is bad at journalism too. Because they mentioned that the rapes occurred over a four-month period. So it's like, were they dating? Because it was a 13-year-old and 17-year-old. That much wasn't clear, but this is the, exactly the same mindset that you have in Alvin Bragg's office in New York, which is, well, the violent criminals. They're really the victims. We don't want to put them in jail. We want to, we want to help them get better. We want to help them get better, not incarcerate them, because incarcerating them, well, that is just bad because the criminals have rights too. And if the criminals have a certain color skin, then especially we don't want to put them in jail because it looks bad because our stats show that there's way too many black people being arrested in New York or Chicago. I mean, we won't talk about the fact that that is the demographic that's committing most of the crime in those areas. But it is nothing but going down the line of that racial equity that is ruining the cities and is going to continue moving out further and further. Another factoid on Ms. Reese is that she previously has founded the Institute for Innovation on Prosecution. It is a group that is there to bring about racial equity reforms rooted in critical race theory ideology. According to Fox News, the Institute believes in an ideology-driven approach to prosecution that takes into account historical factors. For example, the Institute argued in a report signed with Reese's name that prosecutors must focus on acknowledging our nation's shameful history of slavery and racism, which continues to cloud the criminal justice system. End quote. So when you want to know why, the criminals are not in jail. There you go. Because it's okay. You have a history in your family where somebody had something bad done to them hundreds of years ago. 
So it's okay. You can do whatever you want now and walk. Nobody's going to prosecute you. And you want to know why crime continues to soar. Anybody that has kids know. If you let them get away with something, they're going to continue to do it. If there is no punishment or at least the threat of punishment, then things run rampant. And that is exactly what we have in New York. Unless, you know, you're white Donald Trump. And then we're going to go after you for things that they wouldn't even look at for anybody else on the face of the earth. Alvin Bragg would not be prosecuting these particular charges if it wasn't for Donald Trump being the defendant. But this is why New York is out of control. This is why Chicago's out of control and Chicago's about to get worse. You thought Lori Lightfoot was bad. Oh, my goodness. Chicago went out to the polls yesterday and elected a radical leftist named Brandon Johnson as mayor. He believes in defunding the police. So get ready for what is already a city more than on the decline. A city in shambles is about to get a whole lot worse. I would expect the police force, a lot of them to be leaving on their own accord. I think a lot are going to be moving down to Florida or Texas and getting the hell out of Chicago. Because I feel really bad, and I know there are bad cops out there, but I feel really bad for the good cops who at this point are like, why do I even want to do this job? Because if we bring a criminal in risking life and limb, the radical DAs are just going to go, nah. The radical mayor is going to be like, nah. Don't want to charge him. It's racial equity. Yay. Don't want to worry about the crimes they committed. Nope. This is the insanity of people that refuse to go after criminals who commit crimes with guns. They refuse to want to put them in jail because that's bad. They're really the victims. But, you know, if we just get rid of all guns, if we make all guns illegal, then things will be great. Again, only law-abiding citizens follow the laws. They're not the ones committing the crimes. They're not the ones murdering people. But leftists don't understand that. They live in some freaked-out utopia where they don't understand reality and they don't understand cause and effect. Or maybe they do and that's exactly what they're trying to do have the cities crash have the system crash so then we can move right on in with socialism marxism and that's basically what you got here brandon johnson socialist mayor of chicago congratulations chicago bernie sanders went out and uh, stumped for the guy which i think tells you all you need to know not going to be good for the city. If you live in the city of Chicago right now, I would be making the exit plan. I'm one county away, and it's getting to the point where an exit plan may be needed. Indiana, way more sane, almost walking distance from here. Taxes a lot better, way less crime. Might not be a bad idea to get the hell out of Illinois. especially. If the reports out of a former Google engineer are true, I want to get out of Illinois because Ray Kurzweil, who has predicted a bunch of stuff in the past, he had made 147 different predictions 
86% of them have turned out to be correct, including things like a computer will beat a human at chess by the year 2000, I think it was, and that happened in 1997. Well, his latest prediction is that humans will achieve immortality within the next eight years. He believes that we will have nanobots, which will be able to be injected into people that will be able to repair damaged cells. It'll be able to do things like eradicate cancer and all of the other things that ail human beings. And this is both terrifying and interesting because the real problem is once humans become immortal, well, now the drain on the world is really, really bad because now people at least have the decency to die off when new people show up. What happens when people stop dying off and new people keep showing up? Overpopulation 101, please. Not hard to figure out where that is going, but it's going to be some interesting technology, if this is true, to be able to extend the lives of people well beyond what we have now. Of course, you'll still have things like car accidents. There are going to be things that will cause irreparable damage, so people will still die, but your lifespan will immediately get a lot longer. You will be able to reverse the damage done in a whole lot of different ways. And I think that's great in some ways, but there will be unintended consequences. It's the very selfish part of all of us that's going, yes, I'd like to live forever. Maybe, maybe if I live another 135 years, the White Sox can win another World Series, although I doubt it. Because they're not looking good and their manager is hapless. And there's already the media in Chicago saying he's got no idea what he's doing, but he was hired because he was Latino and not Azigian. You know, Azigian, a manager that actually won a World Series, but isn't politically correct. So he is not hireable. But I digress. We're talking about immortality here. And it's an interesting concept on what would happen if this is true. It's great to be able to stamp out a lot of the diseases like cancer that are out there. As I mentioned in a previous episode, they're working on things that maybe can restore vision in my right eye. Great idea. If you can inject something that will reverse the damage, heal the damage that was done. And that's kind of the concept that Ray Kurzweil is talking about here, being able to inject things that will keep the human body in tip-top shape, not letting these cells degrade as they age, and allowing for much longer lifespans. But we still need food, although I guess you can do the same type of thing in other ways. I don't know. Bioengineered food and all that kind of a concept. When are we going to have what they had in Star Trek, where it just took energy and converted it to whatever food you want. Like, oh, give me a chocolate ice cream. And then it just showed up. So it'll be interesting to see within eight years, a lot of us listening to this right now will be around in eight years. Some may not, but eight years is not that long down the road. And it's like, does that suck? 
if you don't make it the eight years and then right after you die, it's like, haha, we found, we found the miracle thing that can help people live longer and longer and longer. I don't know. I think this is somewhat moving beyond medical science into playing God. I mean, there's one thing to say that you can cure diseases, that you could cure ailments that people have. And there's another thing that says, well, people are living to, I think the number is down now in the United States into the average of 70s. And the 70s somewhere is the average lifespan that if all of a sudden it's like, well, now you can live to 500 or more. It seems like a drastic move that will have more drastic consequences than people are figuring that it would at this particular point, if that makes sense. You always have to look at what's going to happen, what dominoes are going to fall. But the technology and a lot of this stuff is out of the bag. With the artificial intelligence, the latest thing is, oh, no, we need to slow down what we're doing. It's like, well, it's never going to slow down. It can't slow down. It's one of those things where unless, well, okay, if somebody unleashes some massive electromagnetic pulses, which takes all the computers offline, well, then the great overseer gods of AI, then they disappear. But without that happening, it's crazy to think like, well, we as the uh, as the free world, we're going to stop doing all of this research. Well, that doesn't mean China's going to stop doing it or any other country that's out there, people that are doing this in their basements. Technology, once it's out there, is out there. You can't go back on it, which is going to be very interesting if the technology is there to take the human lifespan and double it, triple it, quadruple it, or more. Well, once that's out there, then you really want to talk about having the argument of equity and equality. It's going to lead for some interesting debates, and it's going to lead to some interesting new problems that a lot of people haven't even figured out yet. But this guy's been right 86% of the time. So this is not just the ramblings of a madman. This is a guy who has been right quite a bit, who understands technology. And I believe this is what we are working towards the ability to do magical things when it comes to the health sector. But then what do you do when the planet is overrun? Right now we're hearing that there are problems with overpopulation of the planet. What would this do to that? That would be the question. I think we need to really up our game, start moving beyond our planet, start colonizing other places because we're about to have a population boom. If Ray Kurzweil is correct, what do you think? Do you want these nanobots? Do you want to be immortal? Do you want just to be able to, a lot of people are like, well, how would I have? Now you have to work until you're what, 60, 65 years old, sometimes older. If people start living to like four or 500, is it like you're working until you're 350? What is it? It doesn't sound like a lot of fun. This is also a concept of everybody that had been saving for their retirement going, well, I just need, I just need like 15 years worth of cash. You throw the nanobots in, 
And now you're like, I'm going to live for how long? I don't got that kind of cash. Like I said, problems that we have not even imagined yet, but it's going to be fun to watch for anybody that's around if and when it happens. I talked about a couple of weeks ago on the last episode about the NASCAR Xfinity driver. That's like their AAA. The Xfinity series is like their AAA to Major League Baseball's uh, concept. So AAA, it's one step down from the main series. A driver named Josh Williams was a little upset with the call, was told to park his car, so he did it on the start-finish line. He got a one-race suspension, which we told you about, and he served that suspension. I mean, luckily, he's kind of buddies with the guys in the series that run the series, and because of that, this wasn't a big contentious, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you kind of a thing. And it was more of a slap on the wrist for Josh, but the reality is he also picked up a brand new sponsor for the rest of the season. And this means there's some decent money going into his team to make his team better. And the new sponsor is a company, I don't remember the name, but it's a parking logistics company. So if you've got a hotel or you've got a hospital or a shopping mall, and you want parking solutions, you know, signage and plans and things you can use in order to make your parking more efficient and better for your customers, that would be this company. So money coming in from a parking company to a NASCAR Xfinity driver who parked his car on the start-finish line in an act of rage. And it seemed to work out for him. See, sometimes the rage works. And it's fun to see that. That a situation like this, which could have gone really bad, which could have been a big negative for everybody involved. This is the way things used to kind of work out for the world. You know, where everything wasn't all doom and gloom. But so it was fun to see that. Congratulations, Josh Williams, on picking up a new sponsor. Now, Xfinity, as I said, this was the Xfinity series. Just a reminder to everybody, if you're paying full price for your cable bill, you probably shouldn't be. Had my parents on a promotional price, which you can do. Just You see these things advertised all the time. Xfinity's really been advertising lately. And all these things for new customers that they're offering. Well, you can always get a better deal. As an existing customer, you just have to contact them. You just have to ask to find out, just like the hospital bills. You just have to ask, can you give me a discount? I like to use the Xfinity Twitter support, which is at Xfinity support on Twitter. And I just went in, gave the address, gave the account number and said, hey, can we do better? Can I get this promo? And after a couple of messages, sure. We were down to $30 a month again from 57, whatever it was. Not only that, the speeds were tripled. So we took it like half, halved the price, got the price down by like 50% and tripled the speed for sending a couple of text messages through Twitter. And I also did the same thing today. Just did this in the interim while recording the show right before I sent a message 
to RoboForm, the company I use for password management, because I can't remember all the passwords I need. And RoboForm is an actual good solution. I like the product. I've been using it longer than almost any other product. Probably 15 years, maybe more, have been using RoboForm. And I just sent him a little note that, hey, your product's great. And I just keep renewing. But, you know, the economy sucks. My birthday is on Saturday. Pointed that out. And I've always just renewed and paid the full price. Is there a discount code I can use to maybe get a better deal this time around? And sure enough, within minutes, got a link to a coupon code that took like 35, 40 bucks off the three-year plan. So just a quick email saved me 40 bucks. Always ask for a better price. A lot of times you can get it. And it was very easy with both Xfinity and RoboForm. Just be polite. Tell them what you want. And maybe you can get a better deal. Of course, it's hard to get a better deal than you're getting right here on the Random Thoughts podcast because this podcast is a value for value podcast. I put it out there for you. You get to listen to it and you get to decide if you have gotten any value out of it whatsoever. And if the answer to that is yes, and I hope it is, then you can get some value back to us in a variety of ways, including monetarily. The easiest way to do that is to go to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate, where you will find a donate button to use PayPal for a one-time or monthly donation. You'll find the QR codes and wallet addresses. If you want to do the cryptocurrency thing, you will find a PO box address that you can use if you want to go the snail mail route. And every bit of that is appreciated. And you can also, if you're in Patreon, go to patreon.com slash random thoughts to donate that way and if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app and if you're not go to newpodcastapps.com find out what you need to find out and then you can stream all the satoshis and boostergrams our way no matter which way you choose to get value back to us i greatly appreciate it and i have a few people to thank for today's show including our buddy Stu coates coming in from the uk with the totally Maybe satanic donation of $6.66. That is appreciated. Our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, keeping the shiny side up as he transverses the United States, coming in with $5.65. Thank you, sir. Over on Patreon, Brian Janak, Tim Heasel at the $5 a month level. Those are both appreciated. Brian, check out your Patreon account. They have you flagged as being fraudulent. And I know. Brian is certainly not fraudulent. He's been around for a long time from the great cheesehead land of Wisconsin. But, you know, these systems online, they're all all very, uh, very skittish lately when it comes to funds. Bill Honey coming in with $3.33. And that wraps up for today's donors who help support Random thoughts, keeping the microphone sounding good today. It's the PR40 Heil microphone. What do you think? Does it sound any different than the SM7B or the RE20 that I normally use? Let me know. Like I said, the plosives were out of control, but you just have to put the big foam thing on it and it sounds a little bit better. But your support helps us keep the web servers running, all that kind of good stuff, and the lights on, and me fed, and paying for my dentist bills. All sorts of fun stuff that podcasters have to pay for. So 
It's just your weekly reminder to support the shows that you like so they stick around for a nice long time. One last note. I got an email from Amazon because we have some of those devices, you know, the little boxes that you can talk to. And they have a plan now. The headline of the email was want to make Alexa smarter. And I mean, yeah, sure. What about AI? Come on, Amazon. Isn't that the answer to everything? I guess not. Because Amazon wants, as they do with their products, they want their customers to supply answers for questions that the device gets asked that it doesn't know the answer to. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it could be because people are dumb and people lie. It's the same thing with the Amazon items. Often on items that I have purchased on Amazon, I will get a email from Amazon saying, hey, another customer has a question about this product. Can you answer it? And a lot of times going to read the answers to those questions is quite hilarious when people just don't know. One, for the people that answer, no, I don't know, stop that. It's not helpful. Only answer the question if you know the answer. And for the love of Pete, hopefully you're giving the correct answer. But that's another story entirely. You just don't need to answer, no, I don't know. It's not helpful to go to an Amazon page see a question, and then read 5,000 people who said, no, I don't know, before the 5,000th and one person gives the answer that the person was asking. But I digress. You get all of your answers right here on the Random Thoughts podcast, at least I hope you do. And it is my intention to be back next week with another edition. I hope you can join me. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Have a great Easter, and thanks for listening.